Amen. Well, let's, let's jump right in tonight. There's a spirit of expectation right now, and just be seated. And I think that I could just about not have very much of a problem and sing that song all day long. I just, I love that song. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome. I love that song. But uh, there's hope in God. Amen. I got a new sign over there on the wall. Amen. And uh, so one of the things today that um, we were talking on Monday, we, you know, and at the men's group, which has just been awesome. Um, the men's group has just been something else recently. God's been, yeah, God's been pouring out in that group. And uh, you can feel it. He's doing something in those men. It's awesome. It's different. And uh, it's been so good, so rich. I'm, I walk out of there just feeling uplifted every time. And I'm, I'm supposed to be the one lifting other people up. And I go in and walk out uplifted myself. It, it's just good. Yeah, it is good. Amen. And um, the other night we were talking about expectation. And uh, Chris brought up something about, uh, when he was overseas one time, how the people would walk for days to get to uh, a meeting about the Lord. And, uh, and part of the reason is because over here, if we got a problem, we just go to, you know, we, we pay for it. Or, you know, we have a hospital, we can go get, you know, fixed or whatever we need. We have all these natural means of fixing stuff. But a lot of times people over there, they don't have that. It's either believe God or die. You know, and so uh, it's more important to them. It's esteemed. Well, you also see a lot of miracles over there because of that. But we were talking about expectation, and um, JD said something about Sunday night when we went to go see uh, Dr. Jerry Savelle. Um, he said, "Man, just he said that anointing was so strong," and and I said, "I said actually, what you know, a lot of people don't realize is you sit with that anointing all the time." You know, you, the difference is expectation because you drive somewhere to go get it. You feel like you deserve something. So you bring a higher expectation or it's a bigger name. So you're expecting an expectation. And uh, we were talking about the people that walk. And, and so we asked this question, what, what brings the power of God in those situations? Is it they're walking, you know, so or, or you know, paying a price to get there? Is that what? creates it does god is god like rewarding for the price paid or is he given out because he loves them you see it it's not a payment but here's what happens in our mind because we pay a price we feel like we deserve something that's human nature i paid something i deserve something so then you come into the meeting with expectation so what is it that brings the bigger miracles and the power of God? Is it the price that was paid or the expectation? See, we can walk into a place like this, and if we will simply bring expectation, all of a sudden the power of God will be released. Think about it. Watch, watch it this way. Here's Jesus in his own hometown, the Son of God. And the people are sitting there going, Ah, uh, He's just Jesus. We grew up with him. And missed the Son of God. He was sitting right there. And he couldn't do any mighty work. Because their expectation, their perspective, was not what it needed to be. 
See, a lot of times people are moving around people that carry a lot of anointing all the time. And actually, guess what? You have that ability too. But our expectation is not as high. But all of a sudden, somebody you know pays a price. They drive a couple hours to go see somebody. They get out of their comfort zone, out of their norm, and, you know, and they call for prayer. And people will jump up and go, "Well, I'm, uh, you know, I came up here. I'm expecting something." Exactly. Expect it right in your hometown too. So, uh, you know, last week I was in uh, New Hampshire. I asked y'all to pray for that trip, and and I just uh, want to tell you. That that was one of the best trips I've ever had in my life. Not only did God, I mean he poured into me personally, which means he poured into y'all also, but also he poured out in huge ways. And I want to tell you just a little bit about that, but I also want you, so it's interesting, sometimes I'll, you know, not travel too much, and then all of a sudden the Lord will be like, go here, 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 and here, and uh, that Next week, I'm going to be gone, too. And uh, I want you to pray over that. There's a minister's conference where a guy that I'm really looking at to be like a spiritual father, and I believe that's what the Lord wants, he's having a minister's conference right over in Tennessee. And as soon as I heard about it, the Lord said, I want you to go that. I got basically like, I got something for you there. So I want you all to be praying that I receive exactly what I'm supposed to. But anytime on any of these trips, it's not just about what I'm receiving. It's about what I'm giving. It's both of those things. So be lifting that up. Be lifting that trip up. I'm used to, for years and years, I wouldn't tell people when I'm going. You know why? Because uh, they wouldn't show up. And they would, they would say, well, we got somebody else. Pastor Brown's not going to be there, so I'm not coming. Well, I'm expecting y'all now to be mature enough. I feel like I can tell you now when I'm going somewhere. And, and so I'm expecting you not only to be here, but I'm expecting you to, this is what I was missing all those other years is, I was missing y'all agreeing with me in prayer. And uh, I want you to be praying because when the Lord blesses me, he blesses y'all and he pours in. And I'm telling you, there's some more stuff I'll tell you about my New Hampshire trip in, at a later date. Today, I just want to tell you about this. So um, I was going up there, and I was going to speak at uh, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship, uh, a meeting that was up there on Saturday morning. And so I went into that meeting, and uh, the truth is I didn't know. We, we had to drive from where I was staying about 10, 15 minutes to get to the place where the meeting was held. And when I found out what I was actually going to speak on from the Holy Spirit was right before I walked out the door. And uh, so it's like, um, I'm up here for this purpose, and God didn't tell me till 10 minutes before. <laughs> so the whole time I was up there, I was like, sure do hope the Lord tells me something to say. That would be nice. Hey, we got this special speaker coming up all the way from North Carolina. Here you go. Hi, y'all. <laughs> you know, I'm in New Hampshire, <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> uh, and uh Anyway, that was, I didn't know what it was. Anyway, the Lord dropped it in talking about spiritual realities. And it ties into everything that's been happening. And we did that series, What is Reality, um, back, or Reality Check is what it was. Uh, it's, on, it's on the uh, website. You can go look at it. But I was in that series, what we were looking at is that there's two realities. One's physical and one's spiritual. And 
We pay attention to one or the other all the time, whether we know it or not. But if we are in Christ, we are in this world, but not of this world. If you're in Christ, you're seated in heavenly places, and you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. And your reality is different than what you see with your eyes or, or take in with your senses. But so many times we walk by sight or walk by our senses and not by faith and not by the spiritual reality. So we start feeling bad and we go, oh, I must be coming down with something instead of if we want by spiritual reality we would go uh, what is that you've got no right to be here i'm the healed of the lord i'm seated in heavenly places blessed with every spiritual blessing that is out of place out of line you better get out of here you know that's the difference and because we will accept that sickness or accept that lack in whatever area of our life then what we've done is just handed our authority over to the devil. And he says, ah, oh, thank you very much. Let me see what else I can dump on you, you know, because he's a jerk. And, uh, you know, then he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll take every ounce, every bit of your life that you will let him have. He'll take every bit of it, the devil will. But the Lord will give you life and life in abundance if you'll accept it. So you can walk by one reality or the other. So I was talking about this and preaching on this. And, and, and so I asked this question. I did this in the series. I'll ask you again. So, for example, you worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, right? So, in other words, if I'm going to have connection with the Lord, is that going to be in the physical reality or the spiritual reality? The spiritual reality. That's where I'm contacting and communicating with God. So when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were having communication before the curse, was that in the flesh or in the spirit? In the spirit. When Enoch was walking with God and talking with God and he was not, for God took him, was that in the flesh or in the spirit? When Elijah ran in front of the chariots uh, all the way back, those like 15, 16 miles or however long, and he beat the horses back, was he, was he running in the flesh or was he running in a spiritual reality? Spiritual reality. When the city was surrounded and Elijah said, Elijah said, look, he said, uh, Lord, show my servant." What's really going on here? Open his eyes. See, he was aware of the spiritual reality. His servant wasn't, which is why he was scared. He said, let him see. And all of a sudden, he saw all these angels and war chariots surrounding. And he was like, there's more with us than is with them. We're going to be okay, right? What was he operating in? Spiritual reality. What about Paul when he got bit by the snake? The physical reality is, and the islanders knew it. They said, he's dead. He did. But the spiritual reality was, oh, no, he isn't. No, he's not. What about John that boiled in, uh, was boiled in oil in historical accounts, and he, they couldn't kill him? Was he operating in a physical reality or a spiritual reality? You see, all of these biblical heroes that we want to be like, that we, that we say, yes, this is what you're supposed to live for. But see, if we never move to the point where we actually expect to live like that, we won't see it. If we never expect to live like it, we won't see it. So this is what I'm asking these folks up in New Hampshire. And then we get to the end and, and uh, we start praying for people. And there's one lady and uh, she has a, a foot. 
something happened to it. She'd been hurting for two months. And uh, she says it goes up and down, but it always is there. It just never goes away. And I said, okay. So I prayed for it. And uh, I've felt you know, a little bit of the anointing there being released. And I said, now you walk around. Like it's normal, like it's fixed. Don't walk around like it's hurt. Don't, you know, you start walking back here. She was at the back of the room. Start walking like it's normal. And then I went and prayed for the next person. And there was a girl there, and, and she had had a cold. She said, you know, when you started, I had all the symptoms. But the more you preach, the less and less I have. And now I can't tell I got a symptom on me. And just, just you know, God healed that that uh, cold. About that time, the lady with the foot was like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel any pain, any nothing. She's like, it's healed. I said, amen. I taught her just a second on the symptoms and how the devil will try to throw it back on her. But she can stand on the promise that she's healed. God's not somebody who gives something and then he takes it back. That's not the character and nature of God. I said, so if you get it back and you feel like you got it, that's the devil trying to get you to accept it back. Don't. Don't live in this spiritual reality. And then I prayed for this lady, and she wanted me to pray for her husband and her daughter, and her knee uh, was messed up. And, uh, and here's the thing. I'm feeling the same way that I feel when I'm here. I wasn't like super, super pastor, Brian. You know, it was just I'm feeling the same way, right? And uh, she said, I want you to pray for my husband and my daughter because they just need to come more to the Lord. And also my knee's been messed up. And the Lord told me, he said, when you pray for her, right, he said, I want you to have her put her hand on her knee. You put your hand on her hand. And when you tell her this, when you uh, lay your hands on her, she's going to feel the power of God working in her knee. And that's going to be a testimony. I'm going to work with the word, with the promise, and I will be working on her husband and her daughter. She might not can see that, but this is a sign that I'm going to be working on them too. So I said, you know, I don't know about you, but I've I've prayed for quite a number of people. It's still kind of like well, I sure do hope you move on her when I touch her, you know. And, uh, you know, because I hope I'm hearing this right. It's more of the thing, you know. I hope I heard this right. So I prayed for her, and I was praying for about a minute. And she started crying, but, you know, she wasn't like, you know, you know like shaking with the power of God or anything. And I was going, I'm hoping she's feeling something. So anyway, I said, I said, uh, are you? Are you feeling anything? And she was, she was crying. So I knew the love of God was touching her. But... Um, she said, it's going all through my body. <laughs> I said, well, amen, good. So he's confirming, you know. I was like, shoo, good. And uh, so then I go to uh, the next, next person, and um, who, there was a guy I was praying for. Uh, he was, it was, uh, he asked me, no, he didn't even ask me to pray, but I knew I was supposed to. So I said, I want to pray for you. And I was, I was holding his hands. He was just standing in front of me, and I prayed. And he didn't move. He didn't do nothing. He was just sitting like this, receiving prayer. And uh, I was like, well, I knew, I knew the Lord. I could feel the Lord moving through me. So I knew he was receiving something, whether he knew it or not. But I was sitting there, and uh, the Lord said, tell him I love him. He said, but don't. Don't tell him God loves you. Tell him that I said I love uh, and his first name. And his first name is Scott. He said, tell him I love Scott. And it was very specific. And I said, okay. So I said, the Lord told me to tell you that he loves you. But he said it like this. 
I love Scott. And when I did that, he, he had been sitting there just as quiet and peaceful as he could be. But when I said that, he went, oh, golly, and he felt something. <laughs> and uh, just the power, I mean, he, the guy behind him, uh, they had good catchers, and they, the guy behind him was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> and he didn't know which way he was going. And uh, I didn't either. I was like, hold on, you know. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, this power was being released. And then, so when I got there, um, I walked in the door, and there was this taller gentleman standing there, older older gentleman, and um, and I walked up to him, and I said, I said, hey, I'm Brian, and and I was like standing here, and he just stood there, and I said, well that that's odd, and uh, I said, hey, I'm Brian, and he and he turned like this, but he didn't move his hands or anything, and I was like. This guy's blind, like blind, blind, you know? And um, so I, I touched his hand, and I shook I said, hey, I'm Brian. He said, hey, nice to meet you. And, and uh, so then we had these other testimonies, you know, and I'd prayed for uh, another lady up there, and, man, God was touching her and, like, straighten, straightening up her back and giving her a word. And, and there was this other guy there uh, that I gave a word to, and it was really generic. Um, so all this is in the same meeting. These are all different testimonies. But this word was very generic, like, you know, God wants to fill you up and use you, in, in, but use that love. It, it, there was an order to it. He wants to fill you, and through that, he'll use you. And uh, so it was just kind of a generic word. And I was even sitting there thinking, this kind of generic. But, but I knew it's what the Lord told me to tell him. So then when I was done telling him that, he said, he said, the Lord has been talking to me, and he's been talking to me about this. And it was almost exactly what I had just said to him. So then on the way to the airport right after the meeting, Corey is the guy that had me up there. Corey was telling me, and he said he brought him up. And, and I'll just put it to you like this. What Corey told me, it was not close to what he needed it was exact what the Lord had been saying to him for six months in the exact order and everything. I mean, just right on. I thought it was generic, but I'm glad I was obedient to present it the way the Holy Spirit presented it to me. It was right on. So then here's this guy, the guy who's blind, and I walk over there. He's like, uh, he held up his hand for prayer. So I walked over there, and, you know, don't you don't ever want to assume that you know what they want prayer for i'm like i believed earlier in the service that i saw that this guy might get healed and so i'm hoping he wants prayer for that but at the same time i'm like well we're about to find out if we're real today or not you know because we're gonna see and uh and he said well i said what do you want me to pray for he said well i'm legally blind well turns out there's a bunch of people prayed over this guy over the years because he's been in these circles for 30 years at least and you know believe in God in full gospel type situation and uh, he was sitting there and I said well when I lay hands on you this thing's going to change we're believing for restoration we're walking in a spiritual reality and uh, so I prayed for him and I said uh, I said tell me what you see now and he said well I see I see a haze. I said, is that any different? He said, no. I said, okay, hold on. And I prayed again and prayed in the Spirit. And, and uh, I said, what do you see? 
He said, well, I see a, a haze. I said, okay. I said, hold on one second. And I just sought the Lord, and the Lord had, uh, had shown me something, and he, and he spoke something to me in my spirit, I believe. And um, he said, and he showed me how to pray. He showed me what to say and what to pray for. And uh, so I said, okay. And I prayed what the Holy Spirit showed me. And uh, he said, hey, I see a man over there. I said, you do? I said, could you see that before? He said, no. I said, amen. I said, and, you know, God's not going to give you just part of it. I said, come on, let's get some more. And uh, so I prayed again. And he said, hey, he's playing the guitar. I said, well, did you know he had a guitar besides hearing him? Could you see it before? He said, no, I couldn't see that. I said, well, amen. Well, let's continue. Keep on. And, uh, and about that time, by the end of the meeting, it just kept getting better and better. And so here's this legally blind man who's starting to see right in the middle of the meeting. It was awesome. And um, uh, a bunch, like I said, a bunch of people had prayed for me, never seen it. And by the end of it, he said, I saw Corey up there holding his baby. I see him holding his baby up there. So it was just the power of God was awesome, but it has to deal with expectations. See, here's what I know. Most of those people go to a church, and I know their pastor. I know the pastor there, and he walks in this stuff too. So why could they receive it through me, but not him? Well, it could be what he brings to the table that day. That's a part of it. I mean, everybody, there are anointings, but you know, even what I walk in, has to deal with my expectation. In other words, if I don't expect that when I lay hands on you, something's going to happen, it ain't. You know, it's like the guy who was blind. If I, if I really expected him to see, then I'm expecting some change, you know. I'm, and if I wasn't expecting, I'd been like, well, I believe you got it. Just good luck with that, brother, and walked on, and he wouldn't have gotten it. And that happens a lot. But when I'm expecting something, so one is my expectation, but two is yours, the, and it's theirs. It's their expectation. What are you bringing to the table? What, which reality are you walking in and seeing? And so along those lines of just the power of God and the abilities of God, uh, Deb sent us a message this morning, and uh, I want her to share uh, what the Lord's given her. And so just... What kind of expectation are you bringing right now? Amen? Amen. Dad? Hello. I had to bring... Hi. I had to bring all my supplies. I'm just going to set those right there. Good. Okay. Expectation, I know. I probably shouldn't have done that, should have I? So a couple comments, first of all. Praise God that Brian can go off and do amazing things like that, right? <laughs> he traveled a, a fur piece, right? But you know what? We had wonderful word from Nicole, powerful word from Pastor Nicole, which is awesome. So we love you, Brian, but we love your wife. Okay, good. <laughs> now the commentary starts. Sorry, everyone on live stream. Let the chatter die down before we start. That's right. Um, so Brian was just sharing about moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what he just expressed to you as being 
manifestation is the Holy Spirit working through him. And Brian has to and has submitted himself to receive that power. He wants that power. He desires that power. He seeks that power. And it flows through him. So the testimony I'm about to share, just hang with me. It comes together at the end. Um, Do y'all know God talks to you? Do y'all know it? Do you sense it? Do you know that sometimes he knits together things that you don't see coming? Sort of like two trains that are on a railroad and they're headed for each other. And something's going to happen. And that something happened for me this morning. So last August, there's a lot of backstory, and I'll save all that detail just because of time. Last August, the Holy Spirit had been leading me to start seeking an opportunity to work out somewhere. I needed to take better care of my body. I needed to lose some weight. I needed to clean up my diet. And the Holy Spirit kept leading me to try out CrossFit. And anymore, you say the word CrossFit, and people immediately get an image in their head of, of what that is, right? There's those crazy, muscly people, right? And they do crazy, they do crazy pull-up things and handstand push-ups and all kinds of deadlifts and all kinds of weightlifting. And I put down that leading for a while, but the Holy Spirit kept nudging it, kept coming back up to me. So in August, I finally put down my flesh, and I started to go. And I found that I really enjoyed it. I liked it a whole, whole lot. So six months later, here we are. I have lost 20 pounds. I am in a three sizes smaller pants. I am in a size and at a weight I haven't been at in 20 years. And it's because I disciplined myself. I got up at 4.30 every morning. I showed up at CrossFit at 5 a.m. And you know why I did that? I did that because I wanted it. I desired it. I wanted to see manifestation of fruit from having put in all that hard work and discipline. If you ask William and Stephen, they'll tell you that I worked really hard and I purposed myself to discipline my flesh, um, to maybe rearrange some of my priorities to make sure that this happened. And I knew the Holy Spirit had led me there. That's always good confirmation, right? The Holy Spirit wants me there. So I'm feeling pretty accomplished, pretty pleased with myself, right? I've lost 20 pounds. Woohoo! I'm excited about this. But now I'm having to go to the store to buy new pants. And I start to think, how far am I going to take this? And uh, the Holy Spirit sort of downloaded a question in my mind. I wouldn't have thought of this statement. But the Holy Spirit said to me, do you even know what your body's capable of? wow, really powerfully struck me. Do I really know what my body is capable of? I think after walking around in this body for nearly 42 years, you'd think I would have figured it out by now, right? I know what it is to do my best. I know what it means to do hard work. I know what it means to commit, right? But if you've ever been to any of the leadership training Brian has done, he talks about the difference between doing your best and doing what it takes. And there's a big difference between the two, right? You think you know what your best is. I think Brian tells a good story um, he did recently at a training where he talks about in the Marines. He knew his best was, what, 50 push-ups, 
100 push-ups. But in the middle of the night, when the drill sergeant's over you, you keep doing push-ups. And before he knew it, he had done 500. Didn't have any idea he was capable of doing that. So you have this new revelation of, wow, my body's actually capable of doing something that I didn't know it was capable of. What's the new norm? What's the new normal? There's no normal anymore. This is really kind of awkward and uncomfortable. Am I supposed to set another goal? Am I supposed to just start figuring out whatever maintenance looks like? Can I get smaller? Can I grow muscle? What do I do next? So I really had some leading about reaching out to Brian and Nicole and sort of laying this in their lap and saying, wise counsel, tell me what you would have me do in this situation. But the Holy Spirit actually asked me to pause. And what I kept hearing was, nope, don't go to them yet. There's more, there's more coming. There's more coming. So I did. I was obedient to that, and I sat with it. And my next leading was, you really need to talk to Scott. Scott is the gentleman who actually owns the CrossFit box that's here downtown on Main Street, which is where I've been going. So I thought, yeah, that, that's absolutely, that's right on. I need to ask him, you know, he's done this for a long time. What would he recommend? So Tuesday this week, I showed up a little bit earlier than I normally do at CrossFit because I knew no one else that would be there. Um, and I could approach him and talk to him about this. And I said, Scott, and I laid it all out. I said, I've lost 20 pounds. I've lost three sizes. What's next? What's the next goal that I can be as passionate about as losing 20 pounds? What's the next goal that's going to drive me to get out of bed in the morning at 4.30? What's the next goal that's going to make me want to continue to discipline myself in my diet and what I put in my mouth, right? He didn't flinch. He looked at me and he said, Deb, I know exactly what goal you should set. You should purpose, purpose yourself to gain 10 pounds of muscle. Your frame, you have the right frame to add 10 more pounds of muscle. I've watched your technique. You have the technique to gain the 10, 10 pounds of muscle. I think that would be a phenomenal goal for you. And he, kind of, he wrote it up on the dry erase board. And it, it, my flesh seemed like that was a little off, but my spirit was going, ring-a-ding-ding. You ever have those moments where it's like the spirit is saying something to you and you're not sure why and you kind of are like the RCA puppy? You're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Why is that resonate? There's a reason that's resonating in my spirit. So that's one parallel going on in my life. The other parallel that's been going on my, in my life is this last Sunday, um, powerful move of the Holy Spirit, for those of you that were here. Nicole brought a powerful, powerful message. I had a chance to listen to it today. Simultaneously, I think she shared in that message on Sunday, we were delivering the same message in Super Kids, right? So we were teaching the kids about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and that this was a superpower and that they can, if, they can, if they ask for it, they'll receive it. So Priscilla and I were in Super Kids, and it was, there was a powerful move of God. I think even William, if you were to ask William, he would tell you, Judah, Mom, Judah Bivens, holy cow. Powerful anointing on that child. It, it was powerful in there. So after the service, I'm seeking leading already about what are we going to do next Sunday? What are we going to do next Sunday in Super Kids? And my leading was to continue in the lesson of the Holy Spirit. 
So what I typically do in my routine is on Wednesday mornings, I don't go to CrossFit, but I actually sit in my library and I study the Word, or I read some devotionals, um, or I seek the Lord, or I pray. Uh, and so this morning, that's what I did. I woke up, and I made my coffee, and I sat in my chair, and I basically said, all right, Lord, I know your leading is to continue this lesson in the Holy Spirit. What would you have me teach? And he pointed me to a book that I had, um, have had for a long time, and I've, I've, I've studied it on a number of occasions. I would highly recommend it. Uh, it was written by Kenneth Hagin. So if anyone's familiar with Kenneth Hagin, this is an excellent, excellent study on the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I was starting to just flip through here. One of the things that stuck out at me is uh, Kenneth is speaking about the fact that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. So there's fruit of the Spirit, but that's different than the giftings of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, I think I've sung the song so many times, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But there are spiritual gifts, and he actually um, lists them in 1 Corinthians 12. So Abigail, if you would put those up for me. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the gift of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effects of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each... Oop, Abigail, let's go back one. She's working on it. I think I've got her here. It's all right. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So that means that the Spirit gives these gifts. And Kenneth spends some time talking about their three revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, three power gifts, faith, miracles, healing, and three utterance gifts, which are prophecy, uh, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And as I kept going through here, it was like, Okay, so that's revelation for me. Wow, it, is, it doesn't just stop with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, another sort of aha moment for me. It doesn't stop with just being able to pray in a prayer language. So then I get to this part in the book, and this, this whole part really moved me, so I'm going to read it to you all out loud. Why don't we have more manifestations of spiritual gifts then? Because we are not meeting God's conditions. In verse 31, God says, covet earnestly the best gifts. So here it says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. If we as a local church, for example, don't have spiritual gifts and manifestation among us, it is because we are not coveting 
and desiring these things as we should. Huh. I am thoroughly convinced that as we covet spiritual gifts and earnestly desire them, they will be more in manifestation than they have ever been. But it is not going to come just because we sit around and talk about it and just wish we could see them in demonstration. So when Brian talks about how he moves in healing, why are we all not jumping up and saying, I want that? I seek that earnestly. I want that in my life. I want to be able to lay hands on someone and the Holy Spirit move through me and deliver that healing. That's what this is talking about. God said to desire spiritual gifts. If someone really desires something, he is going to make some effort in that direction in order to see what he desires come to pass. So you have to want it before you can seek it and desire it. Paul said, but covet earnestly the best gifts. The dictionary defines covet as to desire earnestly. In other words, Paul said to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Many people have desires, but they are not very earnest about making sure those desires are fulfilled. Earnest. Disciplined. Committed. Let's covet them as a body of believers, as a group, and let's pray for them to be manifested in our midst. It is all right to pray that the mighty Holy Ghost will manifest himself among us, dividing to every man severally as he wills according to the Scripture. Let's pray that these gifts of special faith, the workings of miracles, the gifts of healings, and all the gifts of the Spirit will be more in operation in our midst than they have been. Let me encourage you as a believer to start praying for the fullness of the spiritual gifts to be in manifestation. That is not a prayer to pray once and then quit. That is a prayer to pray in a disciplined way on a regular basis. Daily say to the Lord, Lord, these manifestations of your Holy Spirit are for us today. You haven't taken them out of the church you said these gifts are given to the church. They belong to us, and we ought to have them in manifestation. We pray, Lord, that they will be in manifestation in our midst. And then as a body of believers, let's covet them. Let's desire spiritual gifts earnestly. This working of miracles is indeed a mighty gift, glorifying the God of all power, as Howard Carter said, and stimulating the faith of his people and astonishing and confounding the unbelief of the wicked. So when we move in these things, we are powerful, like crazy powerful. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, huh, have I gotten complacent? Have I maybe gotten to maintenance mode in my own uh, desire to want more from the Holy Spirit? Am I baptized in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Do I pray in my prayer language a lot? Absolutely. Am I seeking earnestly this gift? I have not been. I have not been. So I sat in my chair. I sobbed and bawled. I laid myself in front of my father and I prayed earnestly, directly. Lord, I seek. I ask. I knock. I want. I want this. I want to move in this. I want to move in your anointing. I want this power. 
I want this gift. I don't care which gift it is. I want any of them. I want all of them. And I'm not going to stop praying this prayer. I'm going to pray it today. I'm going to pray it tomorrow. I'm going to pray it next week. And I will teach these children to pray this same prayer so that they too can become powerful in these gifts. So as I sopped up my tears and my snot, and I grabbed my cold cup of coffee at this point, and I headed into the bathroom to get ready, that's when God knit it all together for me. And it was such a powerful move, I about couldn't stand. What I heard the Lord say to me was, Deb, you've lost 20 pounds of fat. That fat was your flesh. You have now started to learn how to put that flesh down, get rid of it, cast it off. You have started to build muscle, but not just fleshly muscle. You have started to build spiritual muscle. Spiritual muscle. When you went, and he's saying this to me, when you went to CrossFit and you talked to Scott and Scott told you you could gain 10 pounds of muscle, he wasn't kidding. You can, but you can gain 10 pounds of spiritual muscle if you dedicate yourself to this prayer every day. If you seek, if you ask, if you knock, if you submit yourself, I will give you these gifts. Gain 10 pounds of muscle, but gain it in the spirit. Submit yourself to me. I just about couldn't move. When I called, or when I voxed Brian and Nicole today, I was shaking. The anointing on me didn't start to dissipate until about noon. So I say to you, God pursues you in little ways. They're little pieces. And he stacks those pieces together. And if you stop long enough to pay attention... He'll show you how they're connected. He'll show you how to take what's going on in your everyday life. And he'll translate it into what that means in a fellowship walk with him. You just need to let him. He wants to so bad. Oh, he's been wanting to tell me this for years. Was I in a place to hear it? Am I thankful I'm there now? Am I ready to receive? It doesn't just have to be Pastor Brian and Nicole. It can be me. And that's, that's my testimony. Brian, I give it to you. I didn't even have to use a tissue. Oh, well, stay up here. So will you put up? Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7 in the New Living. And it says, 
It'll be 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 4, 8 in the New Living, and then we'll look at it also in the message. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas or old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. And what it's talking about here is, go back to uh, verse uh, 7. What it's talking about here is a lot of times in the church, will you do uh, 4-7 in the message? A lot of times in the church what we'll do is we'll talk about things uh, that is silly. Here it is here. Stay, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. I love how that puts that. Stay Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. There's tons of that going around the world all the time. Stuff people look at, but there's no power in it. it you know, it, it's even preached in pulpits, but there's no power in it. There's no, there's no manifestations of God. There's no gifts of God coming out in glory and in power. It's just fruitless. It wastes your time. It says instead, uh, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. <laughs> Go back to uh, verse 8 in the New Living. It says, physical training is good. In other words, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. But training for godliness is not just better. It's much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And will you do that in the message now, verse 8? She didn't have these scriptures, so you're doing good. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful. But a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. This is also talking about it produces fruit not only in yourself, but it produces fruit in other people too. And so what you're seeing tonight is you're being motivated by the discipline that Deb has put into not only her natural flesh, but also in her spirit. She's been disciplined in that and grown over the years. Where what you're, Did anybody while she was speaking hear that, feel that draw inside of them to, hey, let's get this thing together. Let's grow up. Let's, let's uh, desire earnestly the gifts of God, the power of God, the stuff that God cares about not not useless religion but the stuff that god wants us to have and why is that draw being there because the discipline that she's put on her life has led to a point where she can speak that and the holy spirit works with her to grab a hold of you and say hey you need that too that's why so here's the thing i feel like today it's very interesting how the lord works because I, I can remember talking about vision, and the truth of the matter is, our vision at Boomerang. Uh, yeah, I remember, um, you know, Pastor JB talking about vision at one point and saying, you know, he had that one guy that said, "What's your vision, Pastor? What's your vision? What's your vision, Pastor? What's your vision?" He said, "I, I wanted to tell him my vision is to, to hit you in the face the next time you you ask me that question." He said, "But." That guy really helped me because it made me get on my face before God and ask, what's your vision? And because all our vision had been up to that point was start a church, don't die. 
You know, that was vision. That was it. Well, I, that's the same way I felt until a few years ago, actually when I met them and it all hooked together and we got what our vision was to help you draw you into an intimacy with God. To help you realize a kingdom life where you had the ability to pray and see the power of God manifest in, in your life. And know that you're an ambassador. To teach you in leadership and then to be able to have people that would take that leadership, that kingdom knowledge and being an ambassador and the intimacy with God out into the world and start taking some of these mountains like the corporation that you work for. To be a leader in that thing that knows how to give glory to God. And that's our vision. But the one thing I didn't have was, you know, I heard him say this probably the first time. You need to have a five-year vision. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> I have no idea. What's your vision? What's your vision? I don't know. What's my, what's my five-year vision, God, for Boomerang? I don't know. Until just a few months ago. And the Lord dropped it in my spirit. I don't even think it was that long ago. I said, Lord, I need to know, what do you want Boomerang to be in five years? And this is the first thing. I think there's more coming. But this is the first thing, that everybody that's involved with Boomerang now would be, would, would move themselves up to the place where they are a minister, where, every, where we have a church filled with ministers. I don't care if they just walked in the door, you have the ability to be a minister. And even if you don't want to be a minister, I'm not talking about sitting up here. I'm talking about you have the ability to minister the love and power of God to somebody and you know how to do it. And right now you might not even want that. But I'm saying within five years, I want everybody that's hearing this now to have grown to that place where they know how to and they are doing it. They are being that minister. And even if they don't want to be it right now, that they will grow in that this is your responsibility and I'm willing to do it even, even though I don't want to because I see that the, that the word asked me for that. So my five-year vision is that all of us would be ministers. And that goes right along. Now see you what the Lord's doing? He's drawing it out right here in this last uh, few months. We've had more speakers besides me. I mean, it's been uh, you know, many more than it has been, including tonight. What's God doing? As soon as we got a vision, he's starting to put feet to it. He's showing us how to. And this message tonight is just that. He's saying, I want you to be ministers. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's our vision, you know. Thank you for giving it and doing it. I appreciate that, Lord. That's our vision. And they don't even know it yet. But I'm about to tell them. You can be a minister. Amen. God wants you to be. I want you to be. But it doesn't come about by staying in the spiritual bed. It doesn't come about by not coveting the things of God. It comes about, see, one of the things that you said early on was you wanted, you let it become a desire and a want to get up and go do those things. And talk about that for just a second, how that relates to the spiritual, how we've got to desire that and let it become a part of us. So I, ha I mean, I had, a, I had a fire for I'm done being this weight. I'm done not being in shape. I want to be around as William grows up. And it was, I have to do this. And as I started going to CrossFit, the thing that I loved was it was different every day. And I could, I could continue to stay passionate about it because I enjoyed it. 
So it sort of became this self-feeding um, piece uh, related to going, making sure that I was eating the right foods, making sure I was resting enough, etc. And interestingly, simultaneously to that, the parallel, um, one of those rabbit holes, I think, through this whole process, is up to starting at CrossFit, the Lord had really had me getting up early anyway, right? He had had me getting up early, Stephen's nodding his head, <laughs> for me to spend time with the Holy Spirit. But now he's telling me to go take that time and go to CrossFit. And there was an interesting period in there where I actually had the Spirit sort of test me a little bit. Do you have CrossFit or does CrossFit have you? Should you be purposing yourself to find a balance in this? Have I called you to this? Absolutely. But do you need to figure out, I'm not losing my relationship with you, Deb. I'm going to continue to pursue you. So you, you're going to have to work through finding the balance of spending time with me and reaching your physical goal. And I think all of that was him leading me to the point of this morning and me getting over CrossFit doesn't have me, I have CrossFit, right? It's sort of a culmination of all the enormous download of preaching and teaching and wise counsel and all these elements just woven together. It's fascinating really to sit down and just look at it all. Does that answer your question? Yeah, well, so how would you say that it needs to apply that discipline and want to the spiritual in order to be who God's called them to be moving in power how does that apply you have to want it you have to be ready to grow up in it you have to um, desire it passionately passionately enough that it changes your behavior yeah passionately enough that and I think the thing that the Lord is bringing me to and will be bringing me to soon, and this is probably a manifestation of me expressing my desire to move in this gift, he is going to download in me the actual power of his love. Soon. I've had it in my head. I'm waiting to get it here. I've gotten it here. So I have a fleshly demonstration of what that love is, and what I've recently gotten from God is, I'm about to show you just how much I love you because you're starting to get revelation. And it's like once you start that rhema engine, <laughs> it doesn't stop. So I'm purposing myself now to sit down with my Bible and say, where do you want me to go? Point me, direct me, lead me. But help me to find the time so that I can spend more time with you. So I think that... Uh, the end for tonight is that I believe that the Lord's been dealing with not just Deb and not just me and not just Nicole, but most of us in the same way. Look, there's something more. You're calling me to something. And if you've had that in you, Lord, you're calling me. And most of you have told me that, you know, sent me a message or whatever. If you've had that inside of you going where the Holy Spirit's going, come on up, come up here right? I want you to come on down and uh, I want you to let's just pray and let's release that. Let's agree together to move into those places together. Under, think about what it means. That it means, all right, I may have to change some of my habits spiritually. I may have to give up, you know, I know I may have to give up something, you know, 
God, oh my goodness, God might actually ask me to give up something from the flesh that I really like. I had to give up sleep. But he's worth <laughs> Some sleep. Yes, some sleep. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Everybody's like, sleep? No. <laughs> it, but Ask Nicole. I'm a morning person. What if, what if he asks you for something that you really like? And see, that's just it. Is God worth it? Yeah. Amen. See, and that's just, we can say yes here, but will we say yes when 4.30 comes, you know, or whatever it is that we like to do? That's what you need to examine. That's where we're missing it. That goes back to the message where we're talking about who, what, when, where, why, how, and we talked about what. You've got to let God come in and shine the light in your house, and he may shine it on something. You're like, no, no, don't shine it over there. Don't shine it in that corner. I like that corner just the way it is. But your wants have to be God's wants. You've got to change your wants to his wants. That's what this is about. Huh? It all goes down to, to the why. Her want got developed when she got her why solid. Yeah. She wanted to be here for William. She wanted to get this. Her want got developed. Nicole said her want got developed when she got her why solid. And so if you've had that in you at all, Lord, I, you're calling me up. I can feel you. You want me to come to higher levels. You've had that in you. I believe tonight I'm going to pray over you. And as Deb, I'm going to let Deb pray for you as well. As she prays for you, I believe that you're going to be empowered to walk that out. Amen. So if that's you, let's just get some music ready and let's pray that out. If if that's you, just come on up and form a, a circle around. Amen. So you just... Be led, whatever the Lord tells you to do. But basically, you can just grab their hands and pray with them, pray in the Spirit, whatever you feel led to do. Okay. Amen. You can turn that off if you want. Yeah, Father, we just praise you. So you just go. Father, we praise you. Thank you. Is that the new one? Okay, it's the new one. Ooh. If you're, have at it, go right ahead, whichever. If you're watching online and you're just sitting there right now, Lord, we just say, Lord, let them move up to new levels. May the old strongholds now be crumbled in their lives. Break now in Jesus' name. We bind up that stronghold, that power in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let that grip be loosed in Jesus' name. Lord, may your strength and peace flood in so that they will go to higher and higher levels right now. Father, we praise you for it and we thank you. Whoever might be watching, be it now or be it later in an archive, right now, Lord, let them be empowered to move to higher levels in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you and we love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us tonight. So be it in your life. Amen.